Ladies and gentlemen, welcome into episode 23 of the Pegasus podcast presented by Night Sports Now. I am Bailey Adams. I'm joined, as always, by Christian Simmons. You can find us on Twitter at BaileyJAdams22, at Simmons, and go ahead and throw us a follow at Night Sports Now while you're there. Um, Christian has decided to take a little bit break, a little bit of a break from upsetting Boise State fans about attendance and all that. So he's here for the pod. Christian, welcome in. Yeah, thanks. I'm sorry that I offended Boise State fans by listing simple facts about their attendance. That right, clearly struck a nerve. Perhaps so. a little sensitive, but I don't know. I'm, I'm I mean, sorry that I'm sorry that you got twenty thousand fans to a conference championship game. I, I yeah, apologize I mean, it's, it's really for that. A shame. Since it it's clearly shame. my fault, according to many yeah, Boise fans on Twitter. It's so. always everything's your fault. But anyways, this week we're joined by Jason Beatty, publisher of Knights 24-7, our first guest to appear on the podcast twice. So he's a recurring guest and he's got the honor of being our first two-time guest. Jason, how are you doing tonight? Two-time, baby. No, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. Thanks for having me on. Always yeah. a pleasure. I mean, we had to. Christian and I have been talking for a couple of weeks now about doing a, a recruiting podcast and we had to bring on bring you on for a recruiting podcast because Christian and I like Anything that we know, I think, about recruiting just comes through reading your stuff. So we figured we got to have Jason on. So we uh, we appreciate you coming on with us for a second time. And we'll just jump right in. You know, we're going to talk. Um, it's It's been a busy few weeks since the recruiting dead period stopped. And it's been a, a fun few weeks. And just on, on the topic in general, how is recruiting? How do you think, in your opinion, has recruiting been going for UCF since the dead period was lifted? And what do you make of the class so far, the, the commits that, that Malzahn and his staff have brought in? Yeah, I think, you know, they, they got to June 1st and everyone across the country was really ready. Um, you know, I think the interesting thing is my perspective going into it was I'm so excited for all these kids to get on campus and see things because the previous recruiting class literally signed and the day they moved in was the first day they saw UCF in person for majority of the class. So from that perspective, it was great. But then also from the coaching perspective, they get to evaluate these kids uh, and they got, they've gotten to evaluate these kids for the first time in, you know, 13, 14 months. I mean, kids, these 17, 18 year old kids, maybe even younger for the younger classes, um, you know, they grow, they grow one or two inches, put muscle on, move, you know, get faster. So I think, you know, this, these three weeks or so, you know, now we're almost over with the month of June. Um, you know, they had two seven on seven camps. Um, three individual prospect camps. Um, so th there have been, you know, I don't know the exact numbers, but if I had to guess between the prospect camps, you know, almost a thousand kids on campus uh, just, just for evaluations. Uh, that doesn't include the unofficial visits daily um, and the three weekends of official visits they've had. And there's one last, there's one last official visit this, this weekend uh, before the month closes out. So, you know, and it's not only just, it's not just quantity, but it's also quality. Um, you know, I think we're seeing just another level of kids that are coming on campus um, that you really haven't seen before. Um, you know, I think the previous staffs, not just Heupel's, but Scott Frost as well, you know, they knew who they could get. And I feel like with Gus Malzahn, uh, you know, an SEC coach that everyone knows about, it's like, there's just another level of kid that you can get on campus. Now, they might not commit to UCF right now or maybe down the line, but um, they, they're going to come on campus, you know, and, and meet with Gus and, and, you know, be blown away. And um, yeah, I think the, the biggest thing that they've been able to do is localize recruiting. Like Gus said that day one, I'm going to, you know, he called it the state of Orlando, not just the state of Florida, but the state of Orlando and put a fence around that. And, you know, coaches say that all the time, 
right? They, they, their initial press conference, you're going to, they're going to say what everyone wants to hear. Well, now we've gotten to see like, he truly means that. And, you know, just kids from Apopka and Edgewater and Seminole and, you know, all these local schools, you know, I've been talking to 22s, this recruiting class, first time on campus, this cycle, that should not happen for any program in their two to four mile, you know, 30 mile circle around campus. Um, so I think they've been able to get a lot of good kids on campus um, and, and prioritize the local teams and South Florida and Central Florida and um, just the regions that they said they were going to, they're, they're doing it. They're keeping to their word. Is it nice that when you reach out to recruits nowadays, you don't have to worry so much about like time zone differences. Like you maybe <laughs> had to under uh, Josh Heibel staff <laughs> and not just the West coast <laughs> Germany too. So uh, no, it's, it's been great to have some four or seven numbers into my phone book uh, and, and really talking with kids and, you know, it's, it's cool to talk with local kids that they're recruiting because if you're a UCF fan on a Friday night this fall, you can go out and see these kids play high school football, you know, or if you live in Tampa or South Florida. So um, that, that's just really refreshing, not just for fans, but I think myself as well, um, you know, covering high school football on Friday nights in Orlando is a lot of fun. And now knowing that UCF has put an emphasis on it, um, you know, it's, it's really impressive. So let me just ask UCF fans not to be weird about it if they're going to go on Friday nights to watch <laughs> kids play uh, high school football. Yeah, and never, never, at, never at recruits. Don't, don't tweet at them. Don't do anything with them. Just you know, watch from afar when they get on campus. Or sign, sign with UCF. You know, then you can do whatever you want. But I think if we could just get fans to keep it to like the night burning nitro, like gif, like that, yeah. that's yeah. your acceptable recruit. Yeah, like that, that's it. <laughs> yeah. But when I mean, when Gus had his opening presser, I remember because he said he said like from day one he was like we're gonna recruit we're gonna go after everybody we're gonna go after four stars five stars and I remember I was kind of like okay Gus like sure bud that's what they all say but I mean they've really and obviously yeah none of these guys have committed at this point but I, I mean they have gone I just the guys that they've gotten to get on campus is crazy to me but as far as the guys who have committed I mean UCF they've got the number two class in the AAC right now I know it's the early 55th nationally who's stood out to you Jason of the guys that have committed so far yeah, I think, you know, obviously UCF calls him a quarterback, but uh, FSU wanted him as a running back. A couple other power five schools wanted him as a running back. Thomas Castellanos, um, he's been on campus a few times this month. I got to meet him and see him in person. Um, UCF really likes him. Uh, I, you know, I don't know if you guys watched his film, but I encourage you to watch his film because uh, it's, it's pretty remarkable that some schools don't want him as a quarterback. He wants to play quarterback at the college level. Uh, some schools wanted him as a as a as a um, running back of sorts. Uh, and then also their most recent uh, recruit, Tyler Griffin. Uh, he came for an official visit really this past weekend. Uh, he's out of uh, Georgia. Some SEC school, I think it was Kentucky, wanted him as a linebacker. He's an all-around athlete. We have both of those guys listed as athletes. Uh, UCF wants Tyler Griffin as a, as a wide receiver. So, you know, to get those two guys when they're just such athletic freaks, uh, you know, with their size, they're both, you know, Tyler's six foot four. Um, Tommy's pretty good size for a quarterback at almost six foot. So I think we're seeing, you know, the type of athlete that Gus Malzahn wants to recruit. Um, and, and then, you know, you, I'll just go through just because not that many right now, like you said, it's early on and we'll get some more. The first week of July, I talk with so many kids, you know, it's uh, pretty convenient that July 4th is right around the corner. Uh, there's a bunch of guys who are, you know, it's just going to be a a full day of commitments for everyone across the country, not just UCF. I think um, we'll see a lot of guys commit pretty soon here, but 
you know, Jamal Johnson out of Chaminade, Madonna. Um, Chaminade was up there for a seven-on-seven camp, and he came up out of nowhere, and I got to see him in person. And, uh, you know, he wasn't competing in the camp, but he, he has some good size to him as well on the defensive line. And one of the earlier recruits as well, Miguel Maldano uh, out of Lakeland. You know, obviously they added a uh, coach, Caleb Pickroll. He's a graduate assistant uh, on the UCF staff. He comes from Lakeland, so there's strong Lakeland connections. Miguel is not the only uh, Lakeland prospect that UCF's going after. Uh, KT Thompson being another one. But And then the, another more recent, you know, they've just added three, you know, in the past week and a half or so, three guys. You know, I mentioned Tyler Griffin and Jamal Johnson, but also Caden Kittler. Uh, who UCF is recruiting as a center out of Texas, uh, you know, Boise State and Memphis. He got, he visited those campuses as well. Uh, he's not as highly rated as I think. Uh, I think I have, a, I have a pretty good feeling he'll be reevaluated uh, this fall. That's the biggest thing. A lot of these guys, um, you know, I think the biggest misperception about, you know, ratings and rankings and is it, is it really real? Well, it is. There are, you know, people who we have in our company at 24-7 Sports and I'm sure Rivals and ESPN, very similar. The biggest thing is seeing the kids in person, you know, Oh, wow. That kid's a little bit taller. That kid's a little bit shorter. He, he's got some good speed. You know, we see, you know, kids that run 40 times or hundred yard dash times or whatever it may be. And then you finally get to see them in person. Um, you know, so that's the biggest thing to get these kids on campus and see them in person and uh, evaluate whether or not they're a take. So I feel like right now with five guys committed, um, you know, I'm sure more will come in, jump in the boat pretty soon here, but, it's they're off to a really good start. Yeah, it feels like a good start and and all that. But Jason, during Bounce House weekend, we didn't have like six five stars commit. So was it like a <laughs> was it a complete like failure? Is the program going to go like downhill because of it? What were your impressions yeah. of Bounce House weekend? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Obviously, they're never going to do that any <laughs> anything like that ever again. Uh, you know, so many kids on campus. Is it is it really worth it? All that money spent? I don't I don't think so. But no, seriously, I think you had like double digit four stars like I think it was like 12 or 13 four stars and again not all of these guys you know are going to commit but I think the majority of them I talked with they were all surprised that UCF had such nice facilities or such a large stadium or the coaching staff was really that genuine Uh, because before a lot of these kids I mean some of these some of these guys you'll see from the Alabama area and the Auburn area um, that Gus has been recruiting previously um, but a lot of these guys have never been to UCF and, you know, they, they see the program maybe on college game day or, you know, the, obviously UCF has had a lot of national attention, but, um, you know, to actually get in the weight room and get in the locker room and see the facilities. I think a lot of people, I, at least two or three guys mentioned it was eye opening, you know, so to get that much talent on campus uh, from the Southeast area, a lot of guys from central Florida, um, you know, it's, it was huge. I think it was a, it was a really big success and, it got national attention. I think we wrote a preview. Andrew Ivins for 24-7 Sports wrote a preview that got, you know, over 20,000 impressions on our, across our network. It was the number one trending story entering the weekend for 24-7 Sports. Uh, so to get that much talent on campus, and not just for official visits, but unofficially in the 2023 class, um, you know, you had a five-star in 2022, Jeremiah Alexander uh, out of Alabama and Thompson. But in 2023, you had his teammate who they play on the same defensive line, a five-star in his own right, Peter Woods. Think about that for a second. But you just had so much talent, uh, you know, schools like Tampa Catholic and Lake Brantley and Apopka and Dr. Phillips, uh, you know, really just localizing it and, and you know, staying in the Florida area um, just to 
not only focus on the current class, which is the 2022 class, but you know, get those 23s and 24s and even 25s offers out and, and start creating that relationship. Um, that was the biggest thing for me I've noticed this month, like previous staffs, and that's no disrespect, you know, UCF, I think is a school that needs to take it one class at a time. But I know programs like FSU and UF and Miami, they'll take like 23 commits. I don't think UCF is going to get to that point. But someone asked me on Twitter just last night, is there something I'm missing? Because they're putting a lot of emphasis on the 23 class, as if the 22 class isn't even a priority. And it absolutely is. Let me say that right off the bat. 22 is the priority. But this class and this staff, more than so, especially the previous staff, but even Scott Frost staff, and I don't know exactly what it was like under Drew Leary, but chances are it was kind of similar. This current staff under Chris Malzahn is making, they understand, they just get it. Like they are recruiting, like they're at an SEC school. They're putting emphasis on 22, 23, and 24. And not just, you know, the threes or the twos, the unranked. They're, you know, they're going after the fours and the fives just as if they had the Auburn logo on their sleeve. So, um, you know, they, they're, they're serious about it and they just get it. I think that it's been a little surprising for me, even as you talked about a lot of the kids, uh, we, you know, we've been reading your articles about how it's eye-opening. Even it, it's sort of like you realize sometimes you have UCF goggles when you're, you know, went to UCF and cover UCF because they, you know, even kids from Central Florida are like, I just didn't realize until I got on campus. I didn't realize what the school is like. I didn't realize the facilities they have, the stadium, the atmosphere, all of that. Um, and that's crazy to me. But I, I do. And as, as to your point, you know, not yeah, all 13 four stars that showed up are not going to commit. Like we understand that's not the way it works. But is is this staff considering it all? I mean, in this new transfer era, is part of this building relationships with guys that they know aren't going to commit, but that are going to possibly be in the portal a year from now? Yes, absolutely. And, I, and I've heard that from guys. Um, I've heard that from from sources on the team and and they've, they've talked about that. Uh, you know, with the transfer portal being the full force it is, uh, you know, you look at this, you know, a good example is Jaden Francois. He went to Nebraska for a year, quickly realized he wasn't going to play and it was cold as hell there. And, and now he's back in Orlando. Uh, you know, you look at a guy like, you know, I'll just give an example, uh, four-star athlete, uh, Alabama, Omari Kelly, there's a few other schools involved. Maybe he doesn't end up at UCF, but in a year or so, in a year or so, uh, you know, if he's not getting playing time or there's an issue or a coaching change or anything, he knows Travis Williams is there. He knows Gus Malzahn is there. He knows DJ Kinney is there. And he's been on campus three or four times already. And he knows he's going to be able to graduate from UCF. And he knows he's probably going to get drafted because he can play right away. And I think the goal, if Gus Malzahn, you know, I think right now Gus has done a really good job, you know, what he said in that press conference, you know, it's hard to say, is he really going to stay for five to 10 years? Like he said, he wants to, we don't know that yet. I believe him, but we'll see what happens. Regardless. I think the goal of this staff, one of their goals is just to cut the middleman out. Why go to an Indiana or a Nebraska or a Vanderbilt, you know, one of those power five schools that are just collecting the check, right? That's their goal to get those fours and fives because they can play right away. And I think eventually, you know, obviously you got to win conference championships and show that you can get in the playoff. I know we're going to touch on that. Uh, in a little bit, but right now it is about developing those relationships because when the kid is not playing homesick, uh, tired and living in the middle of, you know, the Northeast, uh, they're going to go coming on home to Gus Balzan because they know that he can play there. They, they already have a relationship. So, yeah, I think, you know, maybe they're not pitching that to those guys, but at the same time, the key is always going to be under the map for those guys, those types of players. So, 
um, I think the biggest thing is developing relationships for sure. Yeah. And I, I think that's made a lot of sense. And Christian and I have talked about that a ton just on the podcast in general, about how, how well UCF has been doing with the transfer portal as it is right now. And just how much more of a, of a part of what they're doing, it's going to be coming in the, in the future years, but kind of on that note, I and mean, we mentioned a little bit earlier that right now, obviously it's still very early and UCF has a, a smaller class, but should we expect a smaller class considering what's happening with the, with the transfer portal? Yeah, I think, uh, you know, I think he's added about 10 or 11 transfers from the portal. Um, you know, a couple of those guys only have one year left. So, you know, they're not necessarily on scholarship. Um, some of those guys are walking on the team, getting preferred walk-ons and will eventually earn scholarships. Some of them are getting scholarships because they are former fours and five stars. Um, and, they're, and they're coming into, you know, they're only a freshman or a sophomore, right? So I think just based on the math, yeah, they're probably going to be taking you know, somewhere in that range of maybe 15 to 17 high school players as opposed to like a full 25, right? Just because, you know, the scholarships have to come from somewhere. And, and that's okay. I think, um, you know, not just UCF, but schools across the country are recruiting much more different because kids are still entering the portal right now. You know, it's, it's, it's crazy. There's over a thousand kids. So um, it's, it's one of those things where, it would be not unfortunate if you signed a 25 high school class and then you had to tell a, t- a former top prospect or someone you have a good relationship, sorry, we're full. So I think every program, not just UCF, but every program is going to leave three or four, maybe even five, six spots open for the transfer portal because you just don't know who's going to enter it nowadays. It's the new era. I love it. <laughs> mainly because mainly it's so heavily and exclusively benefits UCF and group fives like UCF. But um, speaking of the high school kids that UCF is going after, I, I, Bailey and I have gone, we've had a couple debates about this because from the moment that Malzahn, and I've had to backtrack already just because they're getting these kids on campus, but I pretty much said from the start, like, I don't think his recruiting strategy is possible. I don't think that you can get, you know, I don't think you can get a five-star to commit here ever. I don't think you can get a high-level four-star. I've had to walk that back because I also didn't think you could get them on campus. Um, <laughs> but as far as the 2022 class, I know these aren't guys that they necessarily had relationships with or they had relationships with previous schools. Do you think there's a, ch- a legitimate chance that they could get a four-star in this class? Yeah, I, th- I think there is. Um, and, and I'll just throw out a name. There's, there's a few four-stars that, you know, maybe UCF feels a little bit more confident about than reality is. Um, but, but one guy for sure is, is a local kid from Apopka. He's a four-star cornerback, Mikai Martinez. Um, he's been on campus. He's taken an official visit. Uh, he was a guy that literally told me it was eye-opening. He had no idea. And, and going back to that, you know, the concept of, gosh, how do you not know what UCF is like? Um, you know, I think if you are growing up, I feel like people just have that, like, oh, I can't be good because it's home, right? Like, if you're a top college recruit, you want to go to, you know, the West Coast and, and be on prime time and, you know, be to a Power 5 conference and, there's no way my little hometown school, and that's not me calling UCF a little hometown school, but that's the mindset. You know, it's like they want to get out. I, I, you know, there are some kids who were honest with me. I've lived in Orlando all my life. I don't want to stay here. And that's, that's fine. That's their decision. But when you get kids on campus that hadn't been on campus last year or two years ago, three years ago, because of a staff that didn't prioritize Central Florida, uh, yeah, it, it absolutely is eye-opening. So I would say, um, you know, Nakai Martinez out of Apopka is definitely a guy who um, – I could see ending up at UCF. Um, There's a definitely strong competition, right? There's, there's some top schools. Um, And, and there's a few guys, um, TJ Dudley, 
uh, four-star linebacker at Alabama. Um, UCF feels like they're in a good position, but again, there's top competition. There's power five schools that are going after all these guys. And, you know, yes, there's playoff expansion, but right now, the next couple of years, you know, we don't know when playoff expansion, whether it's 23, 24, 20, maybe even 26. Um, you know, it's, it's great to be able to pitch that now, but, um, you know, I think I would, ex- I would be pretty surprised if it, if they don't win at least one. Um, and, and that's, that would be pretty su- surprising to me. And, and look, UCF has had, you know, the, I think the most recent four-star they landed uh, was Cordarian Richardson. That was a complete signing day surprise. I think he had committed to Maryland and then there were a couple other schools interested in him. And then it was just like last minute, like, okay, I'll go to UCF. And we know where that went. So, you know, just because they are four and five stars doesn't mean it's going to pan out. But a lot of these guys are talented in their own rights and, and, and they're freak athletes. So um, it, I, I would be pretty surprised if they don't get at least one this class. And who knows what happens after they start winning. Yeah, I mean, I mean we're talking about fours and fives visiting campus and just all these these supremely talented athletes and stuff. And I think just the fact that, I mean, Christian and I, we talk about UCF constantly, like every day, pretty much. Like he'll text me something, I'll text him. And I think in this past few months, like we've talked recruiting more than we ever have before. So would you say it's fair that there's more buzz to say there's more buzz and like excitement around UCF recruiting than maybe ever before? Yeah. You know, I don't know ever before. Um, I think it's, it's, it's getting there. Right. I mean, we have, we have to see how this class finishes up. Um, If, if it's on the current trajectory. um, Yeah. I think there's a lot of, there's a lot more interest. I think, um, people understand the type of kids that are coming to campus and they want to read my updates and Brandon Helwick updates and um, all of the buzz. Um, you know, I think there's definitely a heightened uh, interest just because it's like, you know, there's always, you know, last year was obviously different, but there's always camps every summer. Right. But there wasn't, I mean, yes, if you're a true guy in recruiting, you're always going to read it. But I think people who maybe weren't interested in recruiting before, or maybe they always thought, Oh, stars don't matter et cetera, et cetera, um, there's definitely a heightened interest. And I, I can just tell that personally from the, you know, connections I've gotten and fans that have said they're interested and people looking at my message board, um, things like that. So for sure. Which I will definitely say that um, it, I've seen a lot on Twitter as far as like stars don't matter until the stars are visiting your campus, then suddenly they matter <laughs> a whole lot. Um, but I mean, I'll, I'll raise the- my hand on that one. <laughs> yeah, I know. well, it, but I mean, UCF, it, UCF went after a very narrow range of player for years. So this has been an adjustment for all of us. But speaking of adjustments there, I mean, you, you touched on playoff expansion, which every time we have a podcast, it's like it's changed. It's like three podcasts ago. It didn't exist. Two podcasts ago, <laughs> 12 teams and coming in 2023. Now it's like maybe in five years we'll do it. So it's all over the place. But plus that and plus NIL now players being able to make money, which I know that that's sort of a Florida thing, but it's probably going to be everywhere. How much, I mean, I mean, is the staff talking about that stuff to recruits? Are they talking about the playoff expansion? Are they talking about NIL? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think that, I think if I remember correctly, the playoff expansion, not, I mean, like you said, it's changing almost every day now. Um, but when it was initially like, okay, this is what they're going to be recommending, that dropped like right before one of the official visit weekends. I don't think the timing couldn't have been any better. Uh, for that particular news to drop. Um, But I think in terms of the NIL, the interesting thing about that is you just mentioned, you know, now the NCAA is scrambling for something to be on July 1st for national. I don't know exactly how it's going to work, but Florida, you know, Ron DeSantis signed this into law. It it almost feels 
forever ago. Um, so I think they've had an upper leg on other states across the country um, to, to talk about that already. They've had a few months, they've had plans. We, we saw UCF just shared their program. I think it's called launch. Um, you know, so they're, they're ready to roll. So they've been telling kids about that for a while now. The playoff expansion stuff is extremely new. Um, and I think the fact that you can be like, oh, in 2017, we would have been a nine seed or an eight seed or whatever it was. Um, it's, it, that is different. Um, and I think that is going to impact recruiting really positively for a program like UCF because now UCF has probably a better chance of making a playoff than 50 or 60% of power five teams. So not only can you go to a kid and be like, you know, we can actually like before it was like, Oh, be the class to make it be the class to break the wind, you know, break the glass ceiling. Now it's like, Hey, be the class to, you know, just be part of this, right? Like the, the, the expectations are completely different where if UCF could win a conference championship, maybe not this year, but next year or whatever the class, whatever it may be um, and get inside the top 10, you know, it's, it's, it's huge. It's huge for recruiting um, because you could, like I just said, you can, you can now say, we have, I mean, you could always technically kind of say it, right? But now it's like legit because you can say in 18, we would have made it and 17 would have made it. I think even in 14 or, or I guess 13, uh, they would have made it then as well. So um, it's it's huge. Absolutely. Christian, I guess you, had just, the, it's, you had the great tweet about how, how many percentage of, of all the Power Five conferences UCF would have more playoff appearances then. So I yeah. did. And I surprised myself with that tweet because <laughs> I did not realize it was that extensive. It's interesting. I mean, I've been, we, we've talked about in the past on past podcasts, Bailey. Like, I, I'm obsessed with like that type of stuff, like playoff expansion, all that. So, like, I'll spend, like, my off time is just like, what would Michigan have done in 2016 and dumb things like that. And like, it's actually shocking how many like name power five programs still won't come close to the playoff. If it's 12 teams and UCF would have been it three times or an, entire, or an entire conference, like the PAC 12. Yeah. The PAC 12 is a non-factor. You've got Oregon, you had USC once congrats. That's your entire and Washington one year. That's a whole conference of teams. The AAC might be a better conference than the PAC 12, just being honest. But anyway, <laughs> wait, wait, we don't need to turn this into a playoff room. But I, I mean, and this is a very subjective thing, but as far as fast forwarding ahead a few months here, when this class is wrapping up and I know we still don't really have a way totally to how, how to count transfers into classes. So it can be a little skewed, but I mean, what, where does this class need to be ranked for it to be a successful class? Oh, I think, you know, even if they finish, you know, probably like right now they're 55th in the country. Um, they had actually dropped, they got all the way to 50 last week. Um, but you know, every, every day now kids are committing and July is going to be even crazier. Um, you know, if I had to guess, it'll probably still be that 40 to 45 range. Um, you know, you're going to be able to get at least, I would, I would bet on at least one four star. I'd be pretty surprised. Like I said, and not only are they getting like three stars, but they're getting like higher rated. So like, if you look at 24 seven sports, it shows the average rating last year's class was the average rating was 0.84, which is out of like a thousand it's a little confusing but the math is involved with only five commits they're already above that and that was like the highest average rating i know i'm getting really technical here but basically what i'm saying is i would be pretty surprised if they're somehow outside the top 50 like i would fully expect them to be in that 40 to 45 range uh by the time this class wraps up and and like you said the transfers they're still working on that i think eventually maybe 24 7 sports will include that it's a little complicated um you know how do you rate like a a sophomore or junior in college, but they're, that's probably going to come eventually. I don't know when, but um, yeah, if you add in the transfers, it's, it's a really talented class eventually. And, and the guys they're trying to go after, 
and the guys who will probably jump in the boat early July. Um, you know, there's still going to be kids that they have to work their butt off all the way through December, but it's going to be a top, you know, 45 class. Which I'm sure most UCF fans would be just fine with. I would think, I know there will be the, the, the sort of the group of fans that's like, what do you mean? We don't have a top 25 class and aren't making the playoff this year, but you know, they're always like that. I have one final question for you. Yeah. Um, space uniforms. They seem popular with the recruits. Have recruits talked to you about uniforms? I, please tell me it's a thing they like because it's a thing that I put way too much of my time into thinking about. I don't think I've seen a single photo from any visitor not in a space uniform. <laughs> um, you know, I think most of the kids, when I asked them, one question I asked generally to all recruits is like, what stands out to you the most? And the majority of them say Gus Malzahn or the coaching staff and how it feels like family, things like that. Some of them mentioned the facilities. On a rare occasions, they will mention the space uniforms. And sometimes I will ask specifically, like, what did you think of the uniforms? You know, and they made majority of them that I've mentioned or I've asked that specifically about the space uniforms is like they just haven't seen anything like that because none that no other program has anything like that. So um, I don't think, like I said, I don't think I've seen a single photo with them not. And I think I saw there was a meme on Twitter that was like, it's going to be pretty shocking when they find out like UCF has other uniforms. <laughs> so maybe they want to be like, Hey, here are your options. Like, I don't know if it's just like space uniform, space uniform, space uniform, but um, yeah, they know that, you know, things like that, a kid's not going to go to UCF because of the uniform. Right. But it definitely doesn't hurt. Yeah. Well, I would go to UCF. Over <laughs> uniforms, well, Christian and I were going to like figure out, cause he was doing his uniform of the week for a while throughout like the, while well, the seasons are still going on. And then his, his next like idea once like summer hit was that, Oh, I'll just like start updating on like what the recruits are wearing for their visits and all that. But then they all just started wearing space uniforms. He was like, well, I can't do that. It's just going to be the same thing every week. So <laughs> yeah, breaking yeah. news. The moon helmet was once again worn by 30 recruits this week. I mean, it's yeah. a good look. It's a good look, but yeah, it, it's kind of funny just to see every one of them come through and put on that, that 2019 space Jersey and the one of the moon helmets. It's, it's pretty funny, but Anyway, Jason, we appreciate it so much just having you on. Um, great conversation. And, you know, we, we like we said, we, we read your stuff all the time when we're looking for some recruiting news. And just to have you on is, is, uh, is definitely good for, for anyone listening because, um, I mean, everyone, everyone listening knows who you are, obviously. Like, I think if they knew who we were and, and don't know who you are, that would be pretty shocking. But um, <laughs> just let everybody know where they can find you on Twitter if they somehow don't know. Yeah, at the real BD on Twitter. Uh, 9th247.com. Like I mentioned earlier, there's one final weekend of official visitors. I'll probably have a preview up this, uh, tomorrow morning. And uh, yeah, keep it locked in. Yeah, man. Jason, thanks so much for coming on and we'll talk to you soon. Absolutely. Thank you, guys. Yep. All right, Christian. Um, I mean, we don't really have to get too much into it, but uh, what what's your uh, some of your biggest takeaways from, from anything Jason had to say? Yeah, I... I'm excited about everything he had to say. I think that's fair because it sounds like yeah. things are going really well. I'm a little disappointed that recruits apparently aren't deciding to come to UCF based on the space uniforms. That was a shock to me. That is tough. But yeah, like, I, and it's like I, I'd said earlier when we were talking to him, I, I was, when Malzahn gave us his pitch on recruiting, I was like, that's BS. I said it on the podcast. I was like, UCF can't get those guys. They've never gotten those guys. And I guess it's dawning on me from this conversation, it's like, oh, it's not so much they couldn't get them as they just never tried until now. And they're trying now and it's kind of working. And the big thing to me is, yeah, like I mean, the fact that Jason's confident that they're going to get at least a four-star, that's huge to me because that's yeah. the most you can ask for really as a group of five team most years is one or two four-stars. That's like the best you can do. And 
but it's all these guys who love their time here, love the staff, clearly were blown away by UCF, who are still going to commit to wherever, Clemson or Alabama. And then when they're not yeah. playing in here, they could be coming back. I yeah. mean, that's crazy. Well, it was, it was interesting to me to kind of get some confirmation because we talked about it. I don't remember if it was last week or the week before, but it was just like where he said cutting out the middleman about like the, the Indianas or just like the, the middle tier power fives that just aren't really on the same level, but just get the status because they are power fives. I, I think we talked about that a couple weeks ago and just to hear him say, yeah, like that's, that's their goal. That's their mission. It's, it's definitely good to kind of get that, get that kind of confirmation and just know that, yeah, that's, that's the goal here. And that's what UCF really can be, especially with playoff expansion. Yeah, it's that. And it's NIL. I mean, it's just, there is so much exciting stuff going on for UCF with recruiting. And part of it is honestly, it's, and I've said for the longest time, I mean, UCF built, I mean, three teams now on that went to major bowl games and two of them that won them that would that, you know, ripped up college football. I mean, they built those teams on three stars. They really did. I mean, we, we've talked about before and Jason Beattie brought them up. Cordarian Richardson, who came in as a four-star. Oh, a big deal. He used to have a four-star. And like within a few months, he was like behind Taj McGowan in the depth chart. Like there's more to it than stars. And I still stand by that. But at the same time, it, it, it's just the AAC is getting tougher. And it's kind of become a bit of an arms race. I mean, Cincinnati is out recruiting the conference and has been for a couple of years now. They had a class, I think, with three, four stars a couple of years ago. And part of this from UCF, the exciting perspective is, wow, UCF's going after these guys and they're going to get some that's huge. The other perspective is you have to do this to keep up. I mean, if you, I mean, the difference is if Cincinnati can just become a size larger than the rest of the conference, then you're screwed. And it's exciting to see them keeping pace with Cincinnati and that they are still maintaining the fact. I mean, that the AAC has been around for what, eight years. UCF's claimed four conference titles, three major bowls in that span. I mean, this is UCF's conference. It may not have been for the last couple seasons now, but at its core, it is UCF's conference. They're the Bama of this conference. They're the Ohio State of this conference. And seeing them taking steps to reclaim that is exciting. Yeah, and, and the key, I think, to me is that, yeah, you're, you're keeping on pace with Cincinnati and other, other schools in your conference that are doing what they can, you know, to, to kind of try to steal that from you. And with playoff expansion coming and with all of this happening, obviously, like UCF, right as of right now, is that team in the group of five, but very, very quickly, other group of five teams could jump up if UCF doesn't stay hot on the recruiting trail and doesn't continue to, to continue on that trajectory that they're on. So, I mean, it's good. It's good. All, all things, you know, sound good from what Jason was saying that obviously this staff has been, has been blowing everyone away and it'll be uh, definitely pretty interesting to continue to follow. Not only like Jason was saying, not only the 2022 class, but 20, they're talking about the 23s, 24s and 25s already. Like that's, it's good that they're getting ahead of all that. Yeah, it's exciting, man. It's it, it's just, it, it, and again, this is all still contingent on Malzahn staying, which I've said my take a million times on that. I think he believes himself when he says he's staying. We'll see if he still feels that way when an offer comes. But I hope he does stay because, I mean, it's just exciting right now. I, I, I'm really, really, we've talked a lot at length about, and I've defended a lot of the stuff that happened under Hypel, and I still more or less stand by my takes there. But there's just so much more excitement around this program than there was when Danny White and Josh Hypel were here. I mean, it's night and day. <laughs> which is, which is crazy. I mean, it, yeah, personally for me, I mean, it's, it's definitely a completely different feeling, but um, we'll go ahead and jump into the news as we're going to wrap up our time here. And... Can I say one more thing really quickly? Yeah, go ahead. UCF better fricking be good in 2021. <laughs> it's it's a huge year. It is <laughs> a massive a year. year. <laughs> they need to be good. They need to be good for sure. Yeah, so we're going to go ahead and get into the news. Um, first, I mean, all sports wise, uh, Jason kind of alluded to it, but UCF launched their NIL program uh, to help their student athletes with the new name, image, and likeness um, stuff that's going on. And 
it's just an exciting time for student athletes for sure. And I think like, like Jason was mentioning, we were talking about, it's going to be big for recruiting um, football wise. Uh, Richie Grant signed his rookie deal with the Falcons and uh, actually a couple other signings that we're going to get to um, Greg McRae signed with the CFL, uh, the Toronto Argonauts of the CFL. So I am now the biggest uh, Toronto Argonauts fan that anyone knows in Florida. I think, I don't know. I don't know but many people that watch the CFL people already give me like crap for liking obscure sports and uh, it's going to be another one. So uh, congrats to Greg. We're really excited about that one. And finally, Otis Anderson signed a deal with the Los Angeles Rams. So he's joining uh, Jacob Harris out there in LA. Pretty exciting. Cool to see Otis getting a shot um, with the Rams. As of June 21st, football season tickets are now 95% sold out. And with that news, that's when uh, Christian kind of, I guess, got under the skin of some Boise State fans because it really is. It's going to be a different atmosphere. I don't know why everyone was so offended that people were, like we were saying, Boise State doesn't play in road atmospheres like this very often. It's- Which people came back at me with like, oh, well, you know, they their, their stadium is 36,000, which is, you know, <laughs> almost the same size as UCF. First off, no, it's not. That's almost 10,000 less. Yeah. Second, that has nothing to do with anything. Yeah, you got 36,000 people on your side. And I don't know, then yeah, someone I- was like, oh, but they've done all these tough Power 5 road games. The majority of their big Power 5 games back in the day were neutral site games. They have not done a ton of tough road atmosphere games. Yeah. And in recent years, they've lost them. I don't know where the disconnect was because it was like, yeah, oh, well, our, we play in front of 36,000 like every week. Well, it's okay. Yeah, that's your home fans. The, the point being made is that you don't play in visiting atmospheres like this. So, And then a, a, more than a couple people replied and were like, oh, wow, the school with the biggest student body in the nation <laughs> has lots of fans. I'm like, yeah, that's the point. Like, yeah. I'm not I'm not saying, ha, we have more fans than Boise. I'm just saying it's a really tough atmosphere because there are so many fans. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's, it's I feel like it was one of those classic, like, summer banter things in between fan bases because there's literally nothing else, I guess, that we can talk about yet. Well, Boise but... and UCF fans have been really nice to each other, so I figured I'd better shake it up. <laughs> That's, uh, that's that. your role here. Can you hear it raining and storming at my house now? I can't hear a thing. Oh, okay. Well, that's good. Um, it's coming down. But uh, finally, last piece of football news. Phil Steele came out with his preseason all AAC teams. Um, 13 nights on uh, spread out between the four teams. On the first team, Jalen Robinson and Cole Schneider. Um, notably absent is Dylan Gabriel and uh, Christian. Huh. Guess who's QB1 in the AAC, according to Phil Steele? It's your boy Desmond uh, Ritter. Jordan McLeod. Oh, it's your boy Desmond Ritter. Oh wait, Jordan okay. McLeod's in a. Have F-A-U you looked at the the teams yet? Because you no, know, I have not. This is the first I'm hearing of. USS quarterback is a uh, the fourth team quarterback, and I've never heard of him in my life. And that might. Be it's not Jordan more. McLeod. Did Jordan McLeod transfer? I don't know. I think I he feel might like have. he went to FAU. But I think I'm not he sure might have. But up. it was uh, it was a. Oh, he went to Arizona. It was a shock to me because I was like, I don't know. Maybe it's maybe it's more of an indictment of me just not knowing anything. But USS quarterback Cade Fortin, Fortin, I don't know who that is. Uh, yeah, he's the so he's Phil Steele's fourth team. Uh, is Dylan Gabriel second team? Yes. Yeah, so second team, Dylan Gabriel, Matt Lee, and Eric Gilliard on the third team for UCF: Bentavius Thompson, Big Cat Bryant, Kalia Davis, and Devad oh Devad Wilson, and uh, two more: Andrew Osteen and uh, Alex Ward. So most most representation on the third team. And then finally on the fourth team, there's Brandon Johnson and Ryan O'Keefe. Ryan O'Keefe, um, just to mention, he was included as a special teamer so not as a wide receiver but don't I love that a power five transfer wide receiver is getting a spot ahead of ryan o'keefe who is like yeah one of our top receivers last year and looking to be the one or two option this year don't love that but yeah it's fine. It, i mean it very much seems like oh, like ooh, who could have a big year oh he came from tennessee 
So that, that's him. literally all. I promise you, that's all that went into that, probably. But yeah. what? I also yeah. understand that you're trying to assemble, you know, four deep teams for yeah, four, everyone. I mean, football, I'm so. usually seeing like three teams, and I, I usually see like two deep. Four deep yeah. is like you're putting in work. So but yeah. Either way, we we shall see. Either way, so 13 nights. That's I think third most in the AAC. Uh, first was Cincinnati, and second was Tulsa, and then came UCF. Um, men's basketball. Um, former night Chad Brown was a second team honoree in Greece this season. Had a good year. And actually this week he was also signed uh, to play in the Canadian elite basketball league by the Guelph Nighthawks. So a little bit of former UCF basketball news uh, there. Great Chad. Name. It is. I like it. Um, and the last piece of fast men's basketball news, director of sports performance, actually a wider thing, director of sports performance for Olympic sports, Alex Parr. Uh, he's left UCF after five years. So uh, taking on a new adventure. Um, women's soccer, uh, former night goalkeeper, Aline Rice was named to the, uh, Brazil squad for the summer's Tokyo Olympics. So that'll be exciting to see uh, see her representing UCF, representing Brazil in the Olympics this summer. And a little bit of scheduling news. We got a little bit from the charge on tour um, straight from Coach Robert Zahedak, but Ohio State released their schedule for the fall this year or this uh, past week. And UCF was on Ohio State schedule playing at Ohio State on Thursday, September 2nd, which is the day of uh, UCF's football season opener. So um, a pretty busy day for UCF there. Uh, men's golf they added Emerson Newsom to uh, the coaching staff as an assistant and he came and he, he I mean he had a, a nice junior career good collegiate career at Cincinnati um, looks to be a pretty good hire for men's golf outdoor track and field really the sport that's been kind of dominating in terms of UCF news as of late um, in the summer Renaya Jones this past weekend wrapped up her freshman season by advancing to the semifinals of the U.S. Olympic team trials just fell short was just quite the run for her as a freshman to be an All-American and be a runner-up in the NCAA championships and get a chance to even compete for uh, a spot in the Olympics. Pretty, pretty cool. And then finally, Charlotte Crook will compete at the British championships this weekend. She's running in the 1500 meter and she'll be uh, looking to earn a shot uh, to make uh, the team for this summer's Tokyo Olympics herself. So still could be a, a UCF night in the Olympics for track and field after all. We'll see uh, after this weekend, but Really not a lot of news this week, Christian. We're going to jump right into the Drip U quiz sessions. Yeah, we are. I'm not feeling good about it. You already kind of gave me, gave me a hint earlier that you don't think I'm going to get either of these right. And that kind of got in my head a little bit. Well, when I when we first said we were going to do this, I just made a list of like eight questions. And they're the ones I've been asking you, like I made a few weeks ago. And we're just at the end of the list. But I like made them progressively harder. So we're just at the hard ones now. Oh, lovely. Then I'll have to reset. So I don't expect you to either of these, but who knows? Maybe you'll surprise me. Um, unlikely yeah I know uh, the first one is you know UCF obviously wears a lot of uniforms and since 2016 they've kind of made the surprise decal or helmet reveal kind of a staple I mean we see that a lot ran like a couple days before game oh helmet we've never seen before chrome this night head that all kinds of cool stuff so since when they redesigned 2016 Bailey when was the first time they did that when was the first time that UCF fans were treated to a surprise helmet for a game homecoming 2016 Okay, what was the helmet? And who was the opponent? It was And Temple. what was the combo? Okay, it was Temple. That... <laughs> oh, so wait, this is the whole question? <laughs> Honestly, I'm just caught off guard that you instantly knew when it was, so I'm just no, rattled. No, it was, uh, the, it was the white helmet with the night head, reflective night head. That's right. On one side, it was on the other side. Um, a reflective UCF That's stack. Correct. I did not think you were going to um, They wore, I think they wore, oh, this is bad. I think they wore anthracite jerseys and anthracite okay. pants. Well, what was the helmet? Oh, wait, no, wait, I just that. gave you that. Yeah, never mind. <laughs> I'm rattled because I didn't think there was a chance you were going to get that. And that was, wait, the did I get the whole combo right? 
Well, what color was the helmet? Did you say the color? Yeah, it was white, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, that's the yeah. whole comment. They went white, anthracite, white. Okay, so I didn't get the whole uniform right. Oh, did you say anthracite? I anthracite. said white, anthracite, anthracite. Oh no, they went white, anthracite. White. Okay, well, I still, I still get credit for that. I think, right? Yeah, because that wasn't part of the question. Okay. I was just really thrown by you. Instant. <laughs> I'm like, wait, I'm like, he's not, and you're just like homecoming 2016. No, yeah, I remember that one. Yeah, All right, what was I, the I wasn't one? sure if there was one before that that I was forgetting, but no. What was the second one though? Oh, I don't know. No. Can you give really? me? Was it, was it that year? It was that year. Oh, was it that year? Was it the? It was at the USF game with the Florida ones. No. Oh, what was it? It was uh, I'm double checking myself to make sure I'm right, but I believe it was the Tulane game that year when they did the black. Oh, the gold with the black. Okay. Because I believe that was actually supposed to be the first ever surprise UCF decal. Because that was supposed to be the Friday night game. And then that game got moved due to a hurricane, and instead we had the way superior white helmet with chrome night. The gold night head didn't actually look that good on the black helmet because it was it looked almost like inverted because you're putting like a light color on a black background when usually you're putting that. I digress. I didn't. I didn't dislike it. I kind of liked it. But I, I, I didn't dislike it, but I also don't really dislike anything they wear. So, That's fair. but just I mean, as Other far than the black as, knight head jerseys, I don't I don't hate them as much as everyone does. I don't. I'm no. not a huge fan, but there are no. combos they look good. And when against SC State in 2018, they went white, black knight head jersey, white. That actually looks really nice. Like I think there are some good combos you can do there. You just need you probably need a white helmet to balance out the big white collar, or at least like all right, I'm yeah. not really. We're, 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 right. <laughs> Next question. How many jerseys has UCF worn since 2016? Oh, come on. Oh, man. Wait, like jerseys? Like, okay. How many jerseys has UCF worn since 2016? Oh, wow. Are you counting like, like does the space one in 17 with like the extra patch on it, does that count as a separate? Jersey? I'm not, no, because that was the black, that's the black. Okay. Um, Straight up individual jerseys. How many jerseys has UCF worn since 2016? Okay. Um, not to try to list them out because. Okay. So there's, there's black, white pewter anthracite that's correct and then there's the white night head the black night head so that's six then there's the black space uniform and uh 18 mm-hmm. the white space uniform in 19 and the pewter space uniform in 20 so that's nine am i missing any i don't know are you <sighs> no nine <laughs> your final answer is nine yes yeah, that's correct. I can't believe oh. you got both of these right. This is shocking. Oh, this just made my day. <laughs> this just now made I'm gonna, my day. No, it shouldn't because now I'm going to ramp them the hell up next week. It's well, going to be it's the most obscure oh, stuff. I'm I'm actually really proud of myself. I'm feeling myself. Right I now. am and too. I, that that was that was I ca- I was caught off guard by this performance. Five and three now. I feel very good now. I feel like Auburn in the Peach Bowl. I just I don't know where this performance came from. <laughs> Especially after I don't yeah I don't think it was such a good week for me last week but yeah not so much. I, yeah I kind of am catching myself off guard for with this performance but we'll I'm see about next week good. yeah I'm, I'm now really like worried about next week I'll be thinking about next week's questions like all week probably yeah we'll I may see study. It's, it's I, may have to, be... I may have to study you can study but I'm gonna come up with, it's gonna be yeah good. it's not gonna go well but <laughs> what was the helmet of Mackenzie Milton's first game as a starter Ooh. first game as a starter that was yep. the Maryland game yep in 2016 and they wore. Gold helmets. Damn it. Does that count? No, it doesn't count, does it? I'm going to say it doesn't because you got it right. I feel like it should count. (laughs) I'm counting it. it. I'm counting it. it. Six and three. I remember that game very vividly. That was the the day that Mackenzie Milton, well, not the only first day, but yeah, it was kind of the day that Mackenzie Milton got introduced into my life. And yeah, he's now now my favorite college football player of all time. So I guess I should know that one. But 
cool. I'm feeling good. I'm feeling good right now. Six and three, a three, a three question sweep this week. I'm feeling very good, but we're going to go ahead and we're going to get out of here. Uh, thank you guys so much for listening. And thanks again to Jason Beatty for joining us and, and dropping a bunch of recruiting knowledge on us. He is the best in the business for a reason. Make sure you're following him at the real Beatty and on nights 24 uh, seven. We'll be back next week with episode 24 pressing on into the summer and getting closer and closer to kick off this uh wait i was gonna say august this september second day of september and until next week you can find us on twitter at bailey j adams 22 at by ca simmons and at night sports now once again thank you guys so much for listening and we'll talk to you next week bye everybody